morning that I believe is a message that will be, begin to resonate in the hearts of those that maybe are struggling, those who have not decided to make a decision. And we've been going through a vision this year all in. And I'd like to preach this morning the message worth the risk. Worth the risk. Thank you, Pastor Michael. Worth the risk. And we've done some things in our life that um, hmm, uh, we thought about it later and thought, I don't think I counted the cost. I don't think I really considered the matter. I didn't look at the details, and I've heard people say the devil's in the details. Sometimes some of us have jumped into things and jumped even into relationships. It ended up being a big surprise. After you, you dived in, you thought that there were beautiful dolphins swimming around, but then you discovered, no, it was filled with piranhas. And you wish you'd never dived in. We learn as we go, we discover. The greatest lessons in life have been when we've had to deal with the, the difficult consequences and the results, the bad results of what we decided in. And sometimes, you know, I've learned throughout my career when I was a young man and God had called me to preach. I learned a lot of great things from some different ministers and pastors, and I learned some great things from ones who just didn't do a very good job, who would divide a church rather than unite it, who would cause more strife than good, and was so confusion, so filled with confusion in their life and with the church that I learned a lot of good things from that person. I learned how not to do things and how to do it right. How many here can relate you know, it could be at the workplace, somebody's trained you, and you realize, hey, I, I'm going to do it differently than what this person's telling me to do, you know. Not all the advice and not all the information is good and valuable. But I want to share something with you today, something that's worth the risk. It's worth the risk. Now, that word risk is really could be defined as uh, is the hazard the chance of loss that could occur, but I like the word hazard. The hazard that it could entail and involve. I don't know if there's anybody here who have ever skydived, but don't ever invite me. But there are those that say it's exhilarating. They take the risk and they take the plunge and they say it's the most exciting thing in their life. They just ignored any type of hazard or a chance of loss. When we examine all the sureness of God's kingdom, how many here have confidence in God's kingdom? Mm. Confidence in your God, confidence in his kingdom, Confidence in his calling, confidence in, in his resources, confidence in his word, 
and it's given us confidence. When we examine all the sureness of God's kingdom, and when it comes to risk, it doesn't have anything to do with heaven. We are the greatest risk. The Bible gives it a clear statement, a simple statement. It's not a quote verse, but it can be understood that God can do all things but fail. However, it does require determination on our part to fulfill the will of God for our life. Anything precious has its price. An effort is demanded. Call it effort or call it faith. Something is required of us just as the rules go in any true relationship. The Bible says faith without works is dead. Thank God Jesus did pay the most precious price, dying on the cross, assuring our salvation, paving the way for our opportunity through him to be saved and to be set free from our sins. He brought salvation for us. He becomes salvation to us. He is everything that, in, that, that begins to fill what would be consi uh, considered to be a salvation relationship with God. Being all in is worth the risk. The book of Hebrews was written to Jewish leaders and believers who were being persecuted for their faith and that they would, at that time, being faced with temptation to leave the faith. In Hebrews 10, 34 through 39, in the New Living Translation, it reads, You suffered along with those who were thrown in the jail, and when all you owned was taken from you, you accepted it with joy. You knew there were better things awaiting or waiting for you that will last forever. So do not throw away this confident trust in the Lord. Remember the great reward it brings you. Patient endurance is what you need now so that you will continue to do God's will. Then you will receive all that he has promised. For in just a little while, the coming one will come and not delay. And my righteous ones will live by faith. But I will take no pleasure in anyone who turns away. But we are not like those who turn away from God to their own destruction. We are the faithful ones whose souls will be Saved. The Apostle Paul wrote in Romans 8, 18, he says, What we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory. We will, it will be revealed to us later. The entire book of Hebrews is written to give foundation to the hope. That is the reason for a life of radical, risk-taking, sacrificial service. Chapter 11, it's so famous, uh, we call it the Faith's Hall of Fame, that chapter 11, 
there are examples of people who have laid hold on the future reward of joy with God in such a way that it makes a great difference in their lives here and now. We've got to understand, if you'll take me down a little bit there, I'm a little hot up here. I don't know how hot I am back there. Am I, am I hot everywhere? Thank you, honey. What a compliment. I appreciate that. <laughs> Bless your heart. Thank you, honey. Thank you. Chapter 11 are examples of people who have laid hold on the future reward of hope with God. In such a way they've laid hold of it that it makes a great difference in their lives here and now. You can't tell me your anticipation for heaven and the glories of God does not have an effect on your faith right now and your faith living right now. Some of us have gotten so caught up in what's happening around us that we've forgotten even to look up and to anticipate what the future holds for God's people. How many here want to go to heaven? Raise your hand. How many here want to go right now? I lost over 50%. Not in a hurry. But we want to have that assurance that we're going there. Not only it's a peace, it's a power. It's an assurance that we know that he's provided a place for us. Jesus, so much, it was so important that he told his disciples in one of his last words to his disciples, I go to prepare a place for you, that where I am, there you may be also. So I think it's time we get a little bit of uh, heaven thought going on in us and anticipating and looking forward to heaven. You don't have to have gray hair to look forward to seeing Jesus. You don't have to have gray hair to look forward to no more, no more having to deal with the crisis at hand and the world condition of today. You don't have to have gray hair to look forward to, to being with the one that you long to be with. Amen. And you don't have to have gray hair if you're bald or if you dye your hair. But you don't have to be old or elderly. It is a hope for now. It was a hope that even young people and teens will cry out like John the Revelator, even now, so Lord Jesus, come quickly. I'm ready for your coming. But somehow or another, we've lost that song. We've lost that anticipation. We've lost that message. And you know what's gone with it? We have lost our power. Because we're trying to handle it all down here when God says you're not supposed to handle it all down here. You're supposed to turn to heaven and then you have heaven's resources, God's power ready for us and his solutions that we need in this life. It comes from heaven. It doesn't come from, from Dr. Phil or anybody else. It doesn't come from any politician any counselor, any so-called counselor, any so-called uh, person who can write a really good blog and do a great podcast, it comes from the Lord. It doesn't come from self-help. It comes from a source from heaven that is beyond you and I, that is greater than you and I, that goes beyond practical sense into supernatural sense and divine intervention. That. We've got, we, we, we just can't. And the writers of Hebrews, listen, they were facing persecution. They were 
being arrested. And when they were arrested, they went to jail and they ministered to those in jail. And then when they got the report that the guard come and say, well, we just took over all your property. We just sold it. And we holding a bag of money and said, here it is right here. And we're going to keep it. And you've lost everything you own. And with joy, they said, well, to God be the glory. Oh, man, come on. This is, you know. Noah was saying, Scripture talking about, let's, let's go from glory to glory. Let me tell you, I'd rather, I think right now, we need to go from faith to faith. We need to go from faith to faith and live this life that's pleasing unto the Lord. Turn to your neighbor and say, I love Jesus. Amen. Praise the Lord. That's what chapter 11 is all about. It's about people who look toward the future and it made a difference in their present they know we're not boxed in here. The devil loves to box us in. He loves for you to have all these pressures and bills and issues and problems all around you and for you to sit in your lonely little darkened living room. Sit there and maybe have a cup of coffee if you make it. And you sit there and you line up all your bills and the letters and the problems and the threats. And you sit there, and I don't know what I'm going to do. The devil would like to box you in. But see, that's all your life comprises right there is that, you know, what's happening right now. God says, listen, don't you think it's time to think out of the box? Don't you think it's time to live out of the box? And start living in the kingdom, kingdom-wise, and kingdom principles, and kingdom power, and kingdom provision. Don't you think it's time we start looking for the golden streets, and, and start looking for the pearly gates, start looking for the mansions, but most of all, start looking for Jesus. Larry Lively, Mary Beth Preston's dad, he's gone on to be with the Lord, and I heard by rumors that he was a rascal when he was a sinner he was a good sinner if there's anything such as that he was ill and he knew it and didn't know what to do and so he contacted Mary Beth and he came to church once or twice and told Mary Beth I'd like for that preacher to come out my house see me if he would so I went to his house and where he lived there on the, and his lot was you know, it used to have used cars and car parts and everything like junkyard around it, but pulled in there and walked inside his trailer there, his home, and, and there, you know, and there was, you know, it's like you might as well have been a locomotive in there, you know what I mean? But that's okay. You know, saints, you need to start smelling like a little smoke on you, a little bit of the world on you. It means that you're going out to where people are at. Come on, come on. Oh, yeah. I'm just going to go to church 365 days a year. And I'll be holy. I'll be right with God. No, no. You know, it's faith to faith. It's God using you. So I went to see Larry. Larry told me, he said, preacher. That's the way he talked. He said, preacher. He says, uh, I'm not doing well. I know there's something wrong with me. I know that, you know, it's probably cancer. But, you know, but I, I went to your church. I heard you speak a little bit. He said, I just kind of thought, I want you to preach my funeral. I said, well, hmm. And for some crazy, it had been the Lord. It was the Lord. The Lord dropped in my spirit and said for me to answer him. So I looked at him and said, Larry, I said, I'll tell you what. He says, what is it, preacher? 
under one condition. And his eyes got wide, like, what in the world? You know, what condition? What, you know, kind of like back at you, Larry, you know, under one condition. He said, what's that? You give me something to say. Give me something to say. And that man, he said, well, I'll do that. I'll think about it. Well, you think hard on it, Larry. I said, the Lord drawing you. If you know that you're in your closing days, you need to come to Christ. And he started coming to church. And he gave his heart to Jesus Christ. Come to church often and frequent. I mean, faithful, faithful. Then he, then his a little bony body got inside the baptistry and got baptized in water and serving the Lord. And, and as the time went on, I'd go visit him. And the cancer did begin to overtake him. And there he was laying in the hospital bed at home. And the hospice was there. And I would, every time I go see him, I just, let's just talk about heaven. Let's talk about heaven. I read scriptures of heaven and heaven and what the presence of the Lord in Jesus Christ. And then the last time I seen him, I sat down next to him. He was laying there and he says, you know what, preacher? He says, I just want to see. I said, what do you mean? He said, he looked at me real serious. He said, you know what I'm talking about. I just want to see him. I want to see him face to face. He says, I'm not afraid. I'm looking forward to seeing him face to face. This will take care of your earthly problems if you'll just start saying, I just want to see your face, Jesus. I just want to see you in the middle of it all. I want to see you walking on the water. I want you to, I want to see you taking the bread and the fish and multiplying, taking care of my substance need. I want to see you touch and heal the blind man. I want to see you, Jesus. I want to see you in your glory. I want to see you in your authority because I'm serving you right now. That's, and it's uh, worth the risk, you know. It's worth the risk. Chapter 11 was meant to deepen our confidence in God's promises. Chapter 11 of Hebrews. So the, the people, the Hebrews wouldn't be, wouldn't turn with the, toward the lures of sin and, and live out the radical kind of love that comes from having our hope in God. I tell you, you don't talk so radical like you used to because you somehow or another lost sight of headquarters. You lost sight of a reward God has for you. You lost sight of the God's, heaven's not a resource, heaven is the source. We lost sight of the source. We tried to make it all research. No, heaven is the source. Jesus is the source of who we are. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If God made all, made the all-out effort to secure the ultimate ending of our faith, eternal glory in his presence, would he not also secure our journey in this life? Mm -hmm. preparing a place for us and he will work within us and with us to get us there to, to get us there you know to any way possible pay for the plane tickets pay for whatever expense the mileage whatever it takes to get us there he will do it 
written in the book of Hebrews are the are glorious truths we see about Christ. Chapter 9 and 14, 9, verse 14, Jesus. We see Jesus giving himself once for all as a final sacrifice for our sins. Chapter 10 and 14 states, Jesus, mentions Jesus perfecting us for all time by a single offering. Chapter 10 and 22 states in Hebrews that about Jesus giving us a clean conscience by his own blood. Chapter 4 and 14 and 16 through 16, it, we see Jesus being our sympathetic high priest before God. Chapter 7, verse 25, we see that Jesus is interceding for us day after day in heaven. Chapter 10 and verse 16, we see the Lord putting his laws in our minds and writing them on our hearts. Chapter 8, verse 10, we see the Lord being our God. Chapter 8, verse 12, we see the Lord remembering our sins no more. Chapter 13, verse 5 through 6, is Jesus promising never to leave us or forsake us. It's worth the risk. It's worth the risk. It's worth the hazard. If we have Jesus, it's worth every bit that you're going through because you have Jesus. It is worth the risk. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's worth the risk. I don't care what the world says. I don't care what my employer says. I don't care what my co-worker says. I don't care what my family says. I don't care what they're, they're saying about me. I don't care what they're writing me on, about me on Facebook. I don't care about everything going on. All that matters, it is worth the risk because I see Jesus. I see Jesus. I see Jesus. It's worth the risk if we have Jesus. Oh, can I? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a lot of word here, okay? And if you can't keep up, write it down. You can listen to the recording of it. Because I, I am sold on the reality. I don't think I'm very clever in my preaching, teaching. I'm not sensational to be on television. I'm, I'm good enough looking, but I'm just not sensational enough. I'm just kidding, just kidding. Yeah, my son told me a long time ago, Daddy said, Daddy said, you got a face for radio. <laughs> After he got off his one-month ground, then everything was good. <laughs> it's worth the risk if you have Jesus. John 16, 33 says, These things I've spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. I've overcome the world. If he's overcome the world, you and I can overcome the world. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And let me tell you, without Jesus, there is no going. Without Jesus, there is no knowing. Without Jesus, there is no living. He is everything that encompasses anything that you might want to have in your life. It is Jesus. It's Jesus. I know you believe it. I know you believe it. It's worth the risk. 
Colossians 3, 1 through 3 says, If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above and not things on the earth, for you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. If I want my Jesus, if I serve my Jesus, when the devil comes after me, and if he tries to do something, he's going to see my Jesus. Because I'm in him. I'm in him. I'm in him. Not me. Not me. Not me. Because that's where I get in trouble if I get in me. But if I am in him and I'm all in, then whatever the world tries to put at me, they're going to have to look at Jesus. And that's okay. I like it that way. I like it that way. Hallelujah. It's worth the risk. Galatians 2.20 says, declares that I'm no longer living, but Christ lives in me. It's worth the risk because Romans 8, 35, 37 says that who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? Yet in all these things, all these things, in all these things, that's what you need to do with everything that piled up on you. You said, yet in all these things, I'm more than a conqueror through him that loves me. Hallelujah. You just take all those things. Yeah, all those things. You just wad them all up. And throw us back at the enemy. Because we're more than conquerors through him that loves us. It's worth the risk knowing that we are his workmanship. His own master work and work of art created in Christ Jesus. Reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, ready to be used for good works which are prepared for us beforehand. Taking paths which we set so that we would walk in them, living the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us. Ephesians 2 and 10. You knew I was reading from the Amplified, didn't you? It's a run-on sentence just about. On and on it goes, keeps going. It's worth the risk of having the promise that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. And every tongue that rises against you in judgment shall, uh, shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. And the righteousness is from me, says the Lord. Isaiah 5, 4, uh, 54 and 17. It's worth the risk having the confidence that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty through God through the pulling down of strongholds casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience to Christ. 2 Corinthians 10, 4 and 5. It's worth the risk assured that his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue by which have been given to us exceeding great and precious promises that through these you might be partakers so that these you might be partakers so that these you might feast in be a part of and receive the divine nature having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust 2 Peter 1 3 and 4 it's worth the risk when heavenly resources are granted. 
Ask, and it shall be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it shall be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, uh, it will be opened. Matthew 7, 7 and 8. And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Philippians 4, 19. It's worth the risk having divine power. I will pray to Father, and he will give you another helper. And that he may abide with you forever the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him but you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you I will not leave you orphans I will come unto you John 14 but you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem in Judea and uh, to Samaria and the ends of the earth uh, Acts 1 and 8 uh, but you shall have uh, an anointing from the Holy One and you know all things 1 John 2 and 20 I want you to know the risk is not heaven's availability or reliability with what is needed to succeed uh, to be victorious the risk is not our forgiveness which is secure and sure for he's able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day and whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved and no one is able to snatch him out of the father's hands the risk is not in any way directed toward God but it is pointing to you and I Psalm 86 and 15 says but you O Lord are a God full of compassion and gracious, long-suffering, and abundant in mercy and truth. The risk is in humanity and with humanity. We know the word says, but in our weakness, he's made strong. But we are saved by grace and not by works, lest any man should boast. This is... The risk in humanity. We're clay pots. We're weak. We're, we're living in tabernacles and haven't moved into the supreme temple yet. Uh, we're still trying to be children. We're children of God in, in a world that will not accept us nor receive us. We are in humanity. We are, when we're in humanity, we're weak. We're so dependent on him. I'm so glad that God didn't make a way that, 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 that we would fall and he didn't make a way that would be fallible and incomplete but we are thoroughly furnished by his grace and in his word that we're fully equipped and we're suited up with armor he's given us all advantages of heaven for you and I he says I'll save you and then I'll walk with you in your walk and I'll, I'll raise you up if you fall down and I'll do things in you when you do that human thing my spirit will deal with you and tell you you need to repent so that you can walk in the spirit uh, and not fulfill the lust of the flesh. We're human and you can't change it. But he can and he will. But it hasn't happened yet. It's going to happen, but that's in the future. See, that's our goal. Our goal. Our goal. So the risk is in humanity and with humanity. 
the risk with humanity is the possible reaction from those who do not believe. The response from an anti-Christ, anti-Christian world. I have never seen the likes of it as it is today. I've never seen the blatant openness, brashness, and boldness of a perverse generation. As Peter called it, an untoward generation running away from God rather than running to him. I want you to know, do you, you hear me out, hear me. I don't know this prophecy, but just hear me because I feel God saying this. Do not expect politics to fix this. Do not expect a man to change things. We got a problem. We have a sin issue. And when one's in office, the other one's lying in wait to come in and reverse it all back and go even more extreme. This is a warfare that is going on. And only God can give us the victory in it. Only God can help your children not to be convinced to live in a lifestyle that's contrary to the word of God. You become messengers, mom and dad, of the gospel and the messengers. Be a light to your children. Be an example to your children. Give them the truth even though if it's painful and difficult. But stand on the word of God. Have a biblical worldview. Throw the other stuff out because it doesn't belong. When it comes down to heaven's source, resource, and in heaven's community, it just doesn't belong. It's worth the risk. It's worth the risk, though. That pressure. How many have ever dealt with that lately? Dealt with people around you being sarcastic and cynical, being blatant about, challenging you about. What you believe in Christ. Oh, you can always argue with politics. Go and argue with it. But the gospel, the truth, there are those who will come at you because you're living the truth and you stand for the truth. Turn to your neighbor and say, hey, he's really saying something there. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, he's really saying something there. He's saying something to me. It's worth the risk. It's worth the risk. There, I told you about the risk with humanity, our frailness and our weakness, but then there's the risk in humanity. But it's worth the risk. It's worth the risk. That risk of, that hazard of criticism, persecution, isolation, and cancellation. This is what Jesus meant, the world will hate you for my name's sake. The world will hate you because of it. But the child of God lets this inner man motivation be yours. Let this inner man motivation be yours. And you say it's worth the risk to have the spirit of the Lord upon me, anointing me to preach the gospel to the poor, the healing of the brokenhearted, proclaiming liberty to the captives and recovery to the sight of sight to blind. To see liberty given to those who are oppressed. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. It's worth the risk. It's worth the risk of God working through you. Can you remember when you led someone to Christ? 
Can you remember when you witnessed to someone? Can you remember when God has used you in this kingdom and maybe made a difference in someone else? Can you remember those moments where that you have been in the presence of God and God is operating, working through you? We're saved to make heaven our home, but we're also saved so that heaven can come and work through us to a world that needs the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is a worth the risk. It's worth the risk. So if you, you get attacked... You get criticized. You get put down. You just say this. It's worth the risk. I will not back down. As for me and my house, we are absolutely going to serve the Lord. It's worth the risk. Would you stand with me? The worship team would come. I like for right now while they're coming, I want you to do this with me right now. While you're there where you're at right now, I want everyone in the house to begin to pray. Begin to pray. You will be dismissed in just a moment, but begin to pray. Begin to pray right now for the Holy Spirit to have his way in the hearts and lives of everyone who is present. For God has come to give us a word. He's come to speak to you. He's come to speak to each and every one of us. I want to ask you as we pray now. 